Today I want to talk about choices that we have to make. Just as our nation has had choices to make, and some of those choices were made for us, but you get to choose which road you travel on. But just to start today, just, just, to, just to get back on a, a great place, I want to step into something that Jesus talked about. As a matter of fact, it must have been awfully important because in his, uh, you know, in his big message, you know, if there was a, a life message that people remembered, you know, like my dad, he had a signature message called Keys to the Kingdom. That's what everybody remembers. And, you know, everybody's got that. Well, Jesus had one too, and it was called the Sermon on the Mount. And I love this because that's what we're talking about is kingdom. And he begins to describe it and what it looks like. And I think this is a great way to start is this. First, I want to show you a definition of what it means to be blessed. How many people want to be blessed? Come on. I mean, I know you say, how are we talking about blessing this week? How are we talking about that? Because we are blessed. And I want to remind you of that. So blessed, and this is in the Amplified Bible, the definition that you'll find in the Amplified Bible, says happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of their outward condition. Man, can somebody say, all right, I can handle that because that's what being blessed is. So let's look and see what the scripture says. So if you would with me real quickly, all across the house, whether at home, let's stand to our feet. Let's honor the word of God as we read it together. And we're going to be looking and starting today in the book of Matthew chapter five. That's where you find the Sermon on the Mount. And we're just going to look at the first 10 verses as we read them together. The Bible says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Hmm. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father, for the next few moments, I pray that you'd begin to speak to our hearts, that God, you would awaken us to the reality of who you're creating us to be, of where we are on the journey and our purpose in this journey. And God, as we step into this, I pray God, you'd anoint me to speak your word clearly and efficiently and effectively. But Father, more than that, I ask you to touch the hearts of everybody listening. That God, our hearts would be fertile soil for your word to be sown. And I pray this, Father, for every person, that God, it would bring back a harvest of good in their lives. And we ask this as always, Father, when we finish our time together today, I pray that, Lord, 
we would be better because of it. So convict our hearts, help us grow, and help us be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, today as we talk about this, I think it's fascinating that this idea of blessed is so indicative of the kingdom of God. And as we talk about the kingdom of God, the, the best way to understand it is through the words of Jesus. And he, he lays it out in so many ways. And we'll dig deeper into that later. But I want to show you another thing because we're still talking about two roads. And I want you to understand to walk in the blessed life, to walk in the blessed place that God has for you, you have to make a choice. Every person makes a choice of what road they choose. We either choose the road of the kingdom or we choose the road of the world. That's, ob that's really the only choices that you have. Now, the, the culture would tell us that there's a lot of different roads, but come on, it's okay because they're all going to the same place. But the word of God teaches Jesus taught us something very different and said that there is only one road that will get you to the destination that you want to go on. And I think it's important to understand that because one of the realities that we have in life is this, is, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I get distracted, I am easily distracted. Anybody else like that? You easily distracted? Especially if I'm driving. Drives my wife crazy. How many times have you missed the exit, right? It's like I'll be talking to Tawana on the speakerphone, you know, and I'm just driving down the road and, and I'm just going on. We're talking about something. And I go, oh, no. And she'll say, what? What happened? I'm like, I missed my exit. Now I've got to drive clear on down to the next exit and God help you if it's Briley Parkway because it's going to take you an hour to get back on track. But the reality in our lives is that we can get distracted even after we've made the choice to get to the right destination. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Because the easy thing in this message, it'd be really easy to come here, well, we're going to describe the road of the world, which is the road of death, or, and we're going to talk about the road of life, which is the road of the kingdom of God. It's very black and very white. It's not, there's not a lot of in between. It's right there. But you know, I've been on the road of the kingdom for quite a few years. And I find myself distracted many times. And I find myself on little side roads that lead me to places I didn't mean to go. <laughs> I was going to the hospital to do a visit. visit. And uh, I'll never forget it because I, I had my GPS on. You know, it's like, man, we love GPS, right? I don't know what, can you imagine? Our, our children have no idea what a Rand McNally map is. Y'all remember those? We used to keep them under the seat and you pull it out and it's like as big as the front of your car and you're trying to find where are we? You know, there's no button that says, where am I? You got to find it. You know, and anyway, but I put it in my GPS and, and it started tracking me around because apparently there was some traffic, there was an accident on the interstate, so it, it remapped me, it rerouted me. And so as it's taken me around, 
you know, I'm going, wow, I have never been this way. It took me off the main highway, it took me off the interstate, it kind of took me around, it had me exit off of Trinity Lane and start moving in that direction and kind of going on, I'm like, going, wow, okay. So uh, it, this is really taking me back. And then the roads got smaller and I started going through neighborhoods and, and all this stuff. And, and pretty soon I was kind of in neighborhoods where I'm going, oh man, I, um, I don't want to stop, right? Y'all been, y'all been in that neighborhood, you know, and you know, you're driving through there and you're kind of going, wow. So finally it says one mile on the right, on the right. And uh, so I, I go down through there and I stop and it pulls me in front of this house that I'm going to be out. It, it was a crack house. It had to be a crack house. And I'm sitting there going, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. But the problem was that my GPS told me that's where I wanted to be. Now, here's what happens in our life because sometimes we trust the things of this world to guide us to where we want to be. We all want a blessed life. We all want a kingdom life. We all want to be used by God. We all want to be filled with his spirit and walk in his power and to be anointed and be who God's called us to be. The problem is, is that what happens is we get distracted by good things. And it begins to take us off onto the side roads that take us away from the ultimate of what God has for us. And I can tell you, uh, I was actually going to say at 52, I, I don't even know how old am I, 53 or 52? I don't even know, honey, well, how am I? You don't know either. Okay, great. Um, great, great. I'll take 52. But I, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember thinking a lot about that and going, you know, out of all the years that I've been alive, I've, I've loved Jesus for most of those years. And I've been trying to walk with him for most of those years. And as I traveled that path, there's been a lot of spaces in my life and, and, it, and it continues to happen that I think I'm on the right track. I think I'm doing good, but then I turn around and going, hey, wait a minute. I don't, I need to get back on track. See, to just give you a quick example before I share a scripture is this is when we went through the whole building process and got into the building and all that stuff, and, and those have been around for a while, you know, man, it was, wow. That was uh, quite the journey. And as we got to the other side, because basically what happened, for those that don't know, is we decided to sell our properties and, uh, and do all this stuff, and then we're just going to roll in. Well, then we, we, put the, we put the churches on the market, our properties on the market, and then trying to make a really long story really short. So we put them all on, on there and decided on this particular location. We said, well, we can do that because it's already kind of ready. It's not what we want, but, you know, it's not really designed the way we want it to be. But, you know, we can make it work and, and all this stuff. And, and so we put the churches on the market. We, got, we went into contract on the other place. We're all ready for everything to happen. And then we start walking it, and God says no on that location. We said, okay, God. So we, we said, okay, no. So we're going we're gonna to do what you originally told us to do, which is what we should have done anyway. And at that time, what happened was because we didn't think the churches would sell quickly because they're churches. They just don't sell quickly. They sold quickly. And I remember when they said, hey, great news, pastor. 
they have made an offer and they accepted all this stuff. And you're like going, oh, we're now the homeless church. I'm like, where, where are we going to take it? Where, what are we going to do? Well, on that journey, as we uh, got the property, got that all worked out through all that, and praise God, it's ended up here and uh, is exactly what God wanted us to do. But through that, through that journey, we ended up being a mobile church for a lot longer than we anticipated. And the truth is that God had a lot to teach us during that time. You know, I, God really challenged some things. As a matter of fact, me and Tawana were uh, <clears throat> having a discussion. Do y'all have discussions with your wife? Guys, y'all have discussions with your spouses ever? Discuss, discussion? Okay. Anyway, we were having a discussion and, you know, and I was talking about how long we had been in the school. You know, and, and you know, I was like, yeah, I can't be, it's four years, you know, because in my mind, I'm going, it was four years of glorious hell. But anyway, it was, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it was actually really great. And I'm thankful for everybody because y'all made it bearable, right? We did it together. But Tawana said, oh, no, it was just two years. And I went, go, well, it felt like 10. But we're going through all this stuff. And by, and by the way, we were both wrong. But the story is that along that way, there were so many things and, and I found myself at the end of that. We, we got into the buildings. Everything was going on Father's Day of last year. It was our grand opening service. We're in here. We're going through the year. Everything's great. Everything's really wonderful. And the, the church is growing and we're meeting all these new people. And then March rolls around and the pandemic. And I remember going through all that stuff. And then if some of you remember, I got sick and, and I, I felt like forever that I was sick and all this stuff that was going on. And in the recovery process and through all that stuff, I really found myself spending a lot of time in the backyard because that was really the only place to go at that time. And God began to work on me. And he began to make me realize that I, in my head, because of everything we'd gone through, I'd worked so, I'd focused so much on saying, God, we've got to get in. We've got to get to the building. We've got to get in. We've got to get, that once we were in, I kind of went into that whole mode of survive, just survive. Now, I know you say, pastor, I can't believe you're, you're saying this. Y'all know me. I, I'll tell you, you may hate me when I leave, when I tell you things, but it's just me. And I, and I really struggled with that. And then God said, no, it's time to turn that around because that's not what I've called you to do. I've given this church a vision and you've got to run for it. And it was in that moment that I realized, and the reason I tell you that very quick story is simply this, because it's two roads. And I know a lot of times we think we make a decision for Christ or we make a decision for, for the devil, whichever we think, oh, it's just so easy. But the truth is, as we walk this path that God's laid before us, there are a lot of off-ramps. There are a lot of things that go, oh, you know what? I'm going to pull you this way and pull you this way. But we have to be really careful. And here's why I say that. And I, I want to read this. It's Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter uh, 14, verse 12. And I just want us to read that together real quick. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man. Thank God he's not talking about you women because y'all got it all figured out. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Now, I just want you to just 
read that for a second. But there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It's the way of death. It's talking about the roads that we choose. Now, the reality is, is the only example that we need to think, we don't have to go very far to think what a great example would be. When we look at our nation, we look at all the different roads, you know, the, the choice comes up all the time. You know, there, there, there's a choice of saying, what, how do we do? Do we, do we function in justice? Do we function, what, how do we do all these things? And the truth is, is that there's a way that seems right to a man. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, we think we figured it out. We think this is what we ought to do. We think we need to take this path. We need to make this choice. We think that this person needs to be elected. We think this is not the way it should be. We think. But the word says there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the way, it leads to the way of death in its end. So my challenge for you is to understand that even as someone who loves Jesus, for even as someone who's chosen the kingdom path, that there are always going to be these opportunities (laughs) that arise. And I want you to understand that God said, no, you need to continue on that path. And that's what I really want to talk about. And there's a a poem and uh, Robert Frost, uh, he's wrote a few little poems, but anyway, Robert Frost and what my favorite poem, and it's The Road Not Taken. And I, I just wanted to share with you really quickly the last stanza of that poem. And, and it goes like this. It says, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. The problem that we see as people is that we all love to take the road that everybody's on. It's called mob mentality. When we're surrounded by people and somebody starts saying something really stupid, a lot of people join in and we follow the crowd. But what I want to challenge you in is this, is that the true path to the kingdom, the true kingdom path, the kingdom road is, the Bible also says that few discover it, few actually walk it. But yet we want to preach this easy and say, come on, all you got to do is live right, spit white, walk right. That's an old happy pastor's term. But the one thing I want you to understand is that there's more to this than just a simple decision. So what I'm talking about is not simply the thing of saying, am I saved? Are you, pastor, are you saying that once I receive Christ that I'm going to lose myself? That's not even the subject today. What I'm trying to let you understand is that as believers, you can choose a wrong side road that takes you away from the kingdom road and you can do it with the best of intentions. Because let me just tell you, there, here's, the, here's the reality. There's two powers at work in this world. There's the power of darkness and there's the power of light. And the reality is that a lot of us are walking through life and you're actually being controlled by the, by the power of darkness 
but you're confused and you've been misled in so many ways that you're actually thinking that you're being, you're following the power of the light. In other words, we start to see these things in the wrong light. It's like love. You know, when you look at world love, the world's view of love, you know, there's some good stuff about it. It's like, you know, there's things we all like. You got flesh, we got flesh, all of us got flesh. We like love. But the problem, you know, love in the worldview. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I'm going to love you and you can behave however you want to because love looks past all of our mistakes. Love looks past bad behavior. Love goes beyond all those things, right? There's just, I'm just giving you a simplistic idea. But then we look and understand what biblical love is a little different. Biblical love is a little tougher. So the point that I want to make in this is to understand that we want this wide path. We want this easy way to go and like, come on, come on, come on, just walk this path. But as a pastor, I would be doing you a disservice if I were up here to tell you that when you choose the kingdom path, man, it's going to be the best thing you've ever done. Everything is going to come together. Your life is going to be glorious. Your life is going to be one blessing after another. But as your pastor, I'd be doing you a disservice if I tried to paint a picture that said that your life is going to be easy. Because if all you have to do is look through history and see great men and women of God and see the lives they've led and the challenges they faced, and you know what? Sometimes it wasn't pretty. But the one wonderful thing about it is this, is that when we walk the kingdom road, when we begin to walk that and we choose the right path, we choose the path less traveled and we choose that kingdom path, we begin to understand that there are things that happen along that journey to make us who we need to be. So let, let's talk about that. So let me just start with a key thought really quickly here. The first key thought, and I'm gonna give them to you very quickly, is that the problem is not which road to choose. The problem is what we're willing to leave behind to travel on it. See, most of us, we want to choose the kingdom road. We want to stay on the kingdom road. But can I just tell you this? As you grow in Christ, as you become more the person that God's called you to be, there's going to be things in your life that God begins to show you that you don't need this in your life. There may be some relationships in your life that you love dearly. But as you begin to grow closer to God and you're walking further on that kingdom journey, you're going, you can feel God saying, you don't need this because it's dragging you down. It's causing you to stumble. And some of us decide to take the off ramp because that relationship apparently means more to us than staying on the kingdom road. You see, it depends on what are we willing to leave behind? What are we willing to lay down? Because Matthew chapter seven says that Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go to it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now, can I just tell you this? I'm not trying to paint you a horrible picture of what it is to be a Christian and what it is to follow Christ because I'm going to tell you something. It's the best because life is hard anyway. But the one thing that I have discovered is that I walk this kingdom path, God gives me what I need along the way. He meets me as I walk it. He helps me understand 
<laughs> I love what uh, there's a German spiritual writer, Thomas Akempis. Uh, he said, Jesus now has many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. Why is this? Because we love the blessed message. It doesn't change the reality that blessed message is real when you teach it right. But what we understand is that there's also a price to this life that we choose. And I just want to encourage you today, even in the midst of all that, to understand that it's all about a choice. What are we willing to lay down? I love the old story. There was a man who was having trouble with his leg. So he went to the doctor and got examined. The doctor says, man, look, here's the deal. You've got gout in your leg. And he goes, here's what you've got to do. He said, you're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to give up smoking. You're going to have to, you're going to have to stop drinking. You got to start doing some different things. And the guy looked at him. He goes, really? Just so I can walk a little better? right? Not willing to give up so that his life would be better, right? And it's the same thing in our lives. We've got to be willing to lay some things down to have the life that God's called us to live. Now, how do we do that? How do we survive this? How do we be who God's called us to be in this moment? John 15 verse 5, be the, I think the last scripture I'll share, says that Jesus is talking. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him, in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now there's something very powerful that I want you to recognize. And it says, he who abides in me. Which brings me to our second key thought. And it's simply this. None of us has the ability or strength to travel the kingdom road alone. We must abide in Christ. And I think this is a fascinating thing because uh, I, I think culturally when we think of being abiding in something, we get the wrong perspective in what that looks like. Because the, really tr the real truth in this is that the longer that we hang in there with God, the stronger he makes us. All right. But how do we get there? Because we require the strength and the blessing. We require the growth that comes with abiding in Christ. But how do we do that? What, is, what does that look like? And I'll just give you three real quick things. First, it's connection, dependence, and commitment. Connection, dependence, and commitment. And those are three things that we do not like to talk about. Connection. That is one of the greatest needs in people's lives in this day and age. Connection. But yet we find ourselves, come on, you know what I'm talking about. We find ourselves, even though we need it, we find ourselves pulling away from it. And then we make excuses. Well, you know, I can't connect over there with those church people because, oh, they all think they're wonderful. Oh, we can't connect with them because if they, if they really knew who I was, then they might not like me. You know, that, that, I'm just trying to give you an idea, but no, we need to be connected and we need to be connected to Christ first and foremost. If we're going to walk the road, we've got to be connected. Then dependence. We've got to depend on his strength. We've got to depend on his ability. And that's the greatest lesson I could tell you today. 
is right there that if you're depending on your ability and your strength and your anointing and all that stuff to get by and get along, then you're, it's, you're in the wrong. You're taking the wrong road. Because he's saying, if you're going to abide in me, then you need to depend on me. I love that. Depend on me. And then commitment. Oh, dear Lord, that's a whole sermon in itself. Commitment. I love that because it's to stay. It's, it, it's to continue. It's a continuance. And see, that's the problem is our idea of commitment is I'm going to walk this path as long as it feels good. And I can tell you that because statistically, church marriages that end in divorce are not very far off from the world's averages. So what that tells us is that our idea of commitment is not where it should be. And that's what it comes to. It's like, I'm going to do this, but when it gets hard, I'm taking the off ramp. But we do that in our walk with God too, on the kingdom path, when we're trying to walk and understand our purpose and all those things. I didn't like this turn. I don't like where the road is right now. And we say, well, you know what? You still, you continue, you stay, and you keep moving forward. And here's the last key thought. It comes to this, that our purpose and fullness of life, that purpose and fullness of life we long for can only be found when we continue on that kingdom road. When it's a struggle, he says, hang on, keep going, because we've all learned this. If you want to get better, you're going to have to go through some pain. You know, I've got uh, my workout partner shall remain anonymous for the moment. But, um, you know, I have, I worked out with actually with Grant Ross. Y'all saw Grant Ross up here. He's up here, one of our worship leaders. And uh, by the way, those T-shirts he had on, on, they're for sale. They may not look the same on you. But for five more dollars, no, I'm kidding. Um, but me and Grant Ross worked out for years. And he always, he, he, he wants to go to leg day. And I'm like, what are you, crazy? If you've ever been in the gym, I, I hate leg day. And, and, you know, he didn't say, Pastor, you need leg day. I said, look, dude, see these legs? They're perfectly fine for this frame. They get me where I need to go, and I'm good. But the other day, I was like, okay, me and, me and uh, my friend, and we're, we're like, okay, we got to commit to this. So it was, it was leg day. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and when I'm talking about leg day for me, I'm like talking, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not very difficult. But I'll never forget, man, I did leg day, and it was relatively simple, all those things. Oh, my, I, it was ridiculous how sore I was. And every time that happens, you say, I'm never going to miss that again. So I don't have to feel that way. I want you to apply that to your life for a second. I'm never making that mistake again. I'm never going to talk like that. I'm never going to speak to my spouse that way. I'm never going to fail God in that manner ever, ever again, because I do not want to experience that ever again. But what does human nature do? We skip leg day. And for the 945th time, I couldn't feel my legs on the third day. 
But it's the same way in our lives. And we say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And we find ourselves doing it. But here's what I want to make you understand is that if we're going to experience the best, we've got to continue right through the pain because you don't get stronger if you don't work through it. Because can I tell you this? Those of you that say, Pastor, I, I'm just trying to get healthy again. Well, you can't keep eating. Y'all know my thing on this. You can't keep eating Twinkies and expect to have six-pack abs. You know, I made a decision a long time ago. I watched Grant Ross. He's getting ready for a competition. And, and I saw everything he had to do to get six-pack abs. And I went, I ain't wanting that. <laughs> I'll take my keg. But anyway. But we have to get on there and we have to stay the course. We have to dig in there. Because the truth is, the longer we stay in Christ, the longer we abide in Christ, the more complete we become the more who we were supposed to always be comes to pass. And can I just tell you this, that many of the answers that you're looking for that you don't have an answer for and you're curious about and you're wondering about, many of those answers are only found further down the road of the journey. I mean, we've lived this, right? All of us. We've lived it so many times because the truth is, is that, you know, it's like you move through life and you realize, man, I'm glad God didn't reveal this to me 15 years ago. I mean, if God had revealed what we were going to go through to be in this moment today, I, I would have probably said, you know what, God? No, no. I probably said, I just don't think that's God speaking. Right? Because there's difficulty. But it's that difficulty. Continuing, continuing in that is so important. And it's so true. A lot of the answers you're looking for, it's just right down the road a little bit further. So continue. Stay faithful. And can I just tell you this? Choose well. Because the enemy is going to have detour signs all along the way. And sometimes those detour signs, man, we're like going, oh, I better take this one. I better take, because we've all made the choice on the interstate. It's like, no, I'm not going to take the detour. I'm going to stick through this. And then you took the detour, and it ended up taking you more time than it would have been if you had a sat right there and waited it out. But the enemy throws up detours too. Some of those detours we're seeing very visibly in the world around us. We're seeing people separated further and further and further. The divide is greater than any time that I've ever known it in my entire life. On every level. I've never seen anything like it. We're just pushed and pushed. And it's like we, we hope somebody will do this, we hope somebody will do that, and they step in, and all they do is push us further apart. But can I tell you what the problem in that is? Because we've taken a detour. For a lot of conservatives in our world, we took a detour that said Donald Trump is going to solve everything in our lives. And while I believe there are so many great things, you can't put your eyes on any man. Because our eyes have to be on God. You know, there are other people that thought differently and thought all these different things. All I'm trying to tell you is this, is there comes a place where we have to say, you know what? God is who I need to be focused on. It's his road that I'm traveling. And what the world will try to do, and he's going to try to steer you off. And I just want to encourage you in this. 
All right. Because I am not, y'all know how I am. I, I, I position myself so that I can minister to as many as I can. But I will tell you this as well. Now, there's a lot of wacky stuff going on in our world right now. And we could sit and we can talk about it all you want to. And we could talk about this theory and this theory and this theory and this fact and this fact and this fact. But at the end of the day, I come to the place that I realize this. I don't want to be a part of division. I want to be a part of healing. And the only way to heal is to show people Jesus. Now that doesn't exempt because that goes back to the love story and we'll talk about that at another point. But when we talk about that love idea because the world's kind of love is like, well, then that means you're accepting this. That's not biblical love. So what I want to challenge you is choose well. When these detours come up, make sure you're paying attention. And let me just tell you, as a believer walking the kingdom road, pray about it. I'm amazed at how many people make these decisions and I never prayed about it. Well, pastor is obviously God, is it? Because we read a lot about Lucifer masquerading as the light. So all I'm telling you is that as you walk and you grow, pay attention to what's going around. That's why you need to be connected. That's why you need to be connected with people. That's why you need to be faithful to church. You need to be a faithful and grow and be discipled and be who God's called you to be. You gotta dig in deep. Because the reality is, is when those things hit, we need each other. Because the truth is, is that, look, I've got people in my life that call me out. It's like I've got overseers in my life that when I'm stepping out, they're like, what are you doing? What's that all about? You know, help me understand where that fits in the vision that God gave you. Let's go to the scripture. What is the scripture saying? I'm like, oh. But we need that. Because to choose well, we need the wisdom of others. We need each other. So let me finish with just this simple thought. Well, what does it look like? What does God expect from me? If I'm walking the kingdom road, if I'm going to continue, what does that look like? I can answer that. As a matter of fact, I won't answer it. We're going to ask the prophet Micah to answer it. It's in chapter 6 of Micah, verse 8. When this question was asked, he says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly. I'm going to encourage you. I don't have time, but you need to go home and break that scripture down. Break out the amplified version. Break out that stuff and figure out what that means. I'll let you figure that out. Require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. One version says to walk humbly with your God. says... To not take yourself seriously, but to take God seriously. So today when we think about these things, you know, I don't think God's asking so much. I, I don't think you have to become a monk to walk the kingdom road. I think God said, I just need you to trust me. I just need you to abide in me. And when you abide in me, 
I'll give you everything that you need. You see, some of you today, the struggle you've been in, the cycle you've been in, and God's already done so much in these altars this morning. But this whole challenge that you've been walking through, a lot of it can be answered and solved by you committing to abide, to stay, to continue in him. So that's, I think that's going to be my challenge for you today is I believe most of us in this room have already made the decision of which road we want to travel. But I think some of us have taken side roads along the way and we kind of meandered off in this way. And God's, I think that's what this whole season, it's one of the things God's using this season for. Is he's calling us people back to get on track. He said, come on, come on. You've got off here. You've got off here. Come on. Let's get on the road to the kingdom. Let's get on that kingdom road that's taken us to life. Let's get on this track because our job is to get as many people on this narrow path. And my hope is that we get so many people, your loved ones and your friends and the people that you care about, we get so many people on this narrow, this narrow road that we're all having, we're having to carry them on our backs and we're having to put them up because there's no more room on this little road. So it's like, we're, no, we're not stopping. We're going to be stacking you on the top because we're carrying you. Whatever we got to do, we're getting you on this road. And I think that is the idea that God's saying, this is what I want for you. And we can either choose to listen or we can choose to do it our way. But can I tell you what that deception is? When we choose to do it our way, we've chosen the road of the world. The road that in the end leads to death. So today I would encourage you to look at your life. Look at your walk. Are there things that you haven't been willing to lay down? Have you exited off because it was too difficult? And you know what I found on that is that when I exit off because things are difficult, I end up with more questions than I had before I exited. What does that look like to you? And for you to walk in that place and to travel this journey what areas of your life do you need to re-establish the path to abide in Him? The connection, the dependence, the commitment. Because I can't make that call for you. But it's up to you. So today, we're going to believe God that even though we don't understand the path that's been laid before us, because I'm going to tell you something, I do not understand it. I look at it, and I, I, Tawana said, what do you think's going to happen now? I said, I have no idea. She says, you don't think this could happen? I said, look, Mickey Mouse could come out and be a leader at this point. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't get it. I, I just look around and say, I don't want to say anything. And I certainly don't want to be one of these guys that, that says, I, prophet, God spoke to me, and I'm doing this. And then, well, that, y'all leave that. To that because there are a lot of words that came out that you're going, hmm. Anyway, let me get off that. What happens next? None of us know the answer to that. But what we do know is that God has called you 
to the kingdom road. And he's going to give you what you need. And some of you feel like you're lacking. God wants to answer that for you. He's going to give you insight. And let me tell you this. I believe this sincerely because I, I, I think this is important. And, and I, I, I truly am done. But I think this is so important is for many of us, the struggle of this moment is what do we do? with this hot mess that we see around us. I believe that it even speaks more loudly that God's saying, I need you to abide in me because along this way, I'm, I have the answer for you. I'm gonna give wisdom. And I believe there are people perhaps that are listening to this today that are, that are perhaps in this room today that God's gonna use to open doors and to bring healing and to bring wisdom and to bring truth. I, I believe that because that's love. Love is truth. I've had some difficult conversations in my life because truth required it. But what about you? What needs to be fixed? What needs to be brought to God? What needs to be let, to, do you need to let go? And, and where do you need to reestablish? That's the question. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. Today, I want you to consider that. And maybe as I've been talking about this, you've already, because that's the story for most of us, is the Holy Spirit's already been at work inside you all, all this time. And you already know. You already know what needs to shift. So now I'm telling you, have the, have the bravery, have the strength to take that step, to get back on the path that God created for you. So right now you're here and you say, pastor, that's me. I need, I need to make a shift. I, I truly, I get it. I've kind of gotten off. I, I took a side road. And if that's you right now, wherever you're at, I just want you to say, pastor, that's me. And lift your hand up. This, I'm going to pray for you all this week. And, and you say, pastor, that's me. Remember me. I'm seeing hands up going up all over, all over. Just keep holding them up. This is how I remember to pray. <clears throat> Thank you. You can place your hands back down. And for those of you at home, I would say this. If you can comment or send us a message, say, hey, that's me. Pray for me, pastor. You put it on there, they're going to let me know. So I'm praying for you. Now, the last thing I want to ask is this in the house. If there's ever been a time that I want to know that I'm in a right relationship with God, it's now. And you say, Pastor, <clears throat> there's some stuff in my life that I know is not right. I know that my life doesn't honor God. And I need to get right with Jesus. Maybe, maybe some of you, maybe once upon a time, you had a, an amazing relationship with God. You're passionate on fire. And then life happened. And you found yourself further and further and further away. Today can be your, your moment, your homecoming. Maybe you've never actually made a decision for Christ. And today is that moment for you. Well, it's not difficult. But I would say this, come home. 
come home. Stop running and let God create in you the life that he created you for. It starts with this moment. So if you're here and that's you, if you're at home and that's you, I'm asking you to do something at home. It'll feel really silly, but I'm asking you to just raise your hand right at home. Let us know. Family, if you're around and one, somebody in your family, just pray with them. Just pray with them and we're gonna pray together. But if you're in this house and you say, that's me, I want you to slip your hand up right and say, Pastor, remember me. I need to get right with God today. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't wanna miss a single hand in this house today. So important. Amen. You can place your hands back down. I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to stand to your feet very quickly. I'm gonna ask our altar workers and ushers that are available, our uh, altar workers and pastors that are available to make their way to the front very quickly. Because when we pray our prayer blessing, we're gonna open these altars. I know we've already had a great altar experience, but if you're here and you need prayer, we're gonna pray for you. We love you and we believe in you. For those that raise their hands and said, Pastor, remember me, I'm remembering you, I'm praying for you, but I'm asking you to do this. Pray for me. Pray for me. And I'm praying for you. Because you know what? I need your prayer as much as you need my prayer. We're together. We're gonna walk it out together. For those of you that raised your hand and said, I need Jesus today, we're gonna say a simple prayer in this house. A simple prayer that you could say in your home along with us. So could we just bow our heads and close our eyes all across this room and the simple prayer goes like this and you can just simply repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven and I am brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord some praise this morning? <clears throat> amen.